Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. Today, we're going to be talking all about required minimum distributions. What are they? How do you calculate them? What's the best way to plan around these? Today's topic is everything you need to know about required minimum distributions. So to start, what is a required minimum distribution or or RMD, as you'll oftentimes hear it referred to? An RMD is simply an amount that you're going to be required to take out of certain types of accounts when you turn 72. So the reason for this is as you put money into 401ks or traditional IRAs or 403bs or any other pre-tax account, you get a tax deduction for that. So if I make $100,000 this year and I put $10,000 into my 401k, I'm only paying taxes on $90,000 even though I earned $100,000. That $10,000 I put into my 401k, that was pre-tax, meaning I moved that money into my 401k before my income was taxed. So the IRS does this, or the government does this, because they want to incentivize people to save for retirement. They want to incentivize you to put money away for the future, so they don't have a whole bunch of broke people they have to take care of when they are retired later on in their life. So the IRS is going to give you a tax break to save money to 401ks and IRAs as you're working, and they're going to allow that money to grow tax-free or tax-deferred, meaning as you're earning dividends or interest or capital gains on your money, none of that is taxable, which is really nice. You get tax-free deposits, or you get to deposit money, and it it saves you money on taxes. You get tax-deferred growth, which means as that money grows, you don't pay any taxes on it. But where you do pay money on taxes is when that money comes out. And the IRS says, we want to make sure that money comes out at some point. So we're going to implement, or we're going to require that when you turn 72, every single year from there on out, you're going to be forced to take a certain percentage of your pre-tax accounts out of your account. You win whatever you take out of your account, that amount is fully taxable as if you earned it. It's tax at ordinary income rates. So that's the background of why required distributions exist. Let's now talk about some of the practicalities of the way that they work. So the way the RMD works is when you turn 72, now this number used to be 70 and a half. You used to have to start taking required distributions after turning age 70 and a half. That number has been pushed to 72. And when you turn 72, you are going to be required to start taking money out of pre-tax accounts. So these are things like IRAs. These are things like 401ks if you're no longer working. These are things like 403bs if you're no longer working. Accounts that you have that are pre-tax, meaning you put money in, you have to take a required minimum distribution from that later on in life. Now, a couple things to note before we go into this. The required minimum distribution date for your own IRA or 401k is age 72. But if you inherit an account, whether it's a Roth IRA or traditional IRA, if you inherit an account, you have to begin taking required distributions sooner. And there's actually some new laws around that that went into place last year where you have to distribute the entirety of that account over the course of the next 10 years after inheriting it. This doesn't apply to spousal inheritance. So if your spouse passes away, you can inherit that IRA or Roth IRA, and it simply becomes your own. You turn it, turn it into your IRA or your Roth IRA. But if you inherit an IRA from anyone that's not a spouse, this could be a parent, it could be a sibling, it could be an uncle, it could be a grandparent, whoever it is, if it's not your spouse, in most cases, 
you are going to have to take that money out over the course of the next 10 years. There are some details around that to where you can actually extend that over the course of your lifetime. But in many cases, there's going to be different required minimum distribution laws or rules for non-spousal IRAs. So those are the types of accounts that you do have to take required distributions from. Real quick, some of the accounts that you don't have to take required distributions from. Number one, Roth IRAs. If you're putting money into a Roth IRA, you do not have to take a required minimum distribution from that. The IRS looks at that and say, we've already gotten our tax dollars. We've, we've, you've already paid your taxes on that. So we really don't care if you take money out of there or not, because any money that comes out of there isn't taxable. It's all tax free. If you are still working and you have a 401k, as soon as you stop working and you're over 72, you will have to start taking required distributions from that account. But if you are still working and you are less than a 5% owner or just a non-owner of the company, then you're not going to be required to start taking money out of that 401k until you're done working. Also, just taxable accounts. So if you have a brokerage account or trust account or joint account, really just any account that's not pre-tax, it's not an IRA or 401k or any type of qualified retirement account, there's never any required distributions on those. Those accounts, you don't get any tax deduction for it, so the IRS isn't going to force you to take any money out of it. There's no required minimum distributions there. So in general, any type of taxable account you have or Roth IRA or 401k, if you're still actively employed, you do not have to take required minimum distributions from those. So that's the accounts or those are the types of accounts that you do need to take from. That's just as you're thinking about this and looking through your own personal situation. If you have any pre-tax accounts, that is what you will have to take required distributions on. But when do you need to take it? Well, your first required minimum distribution must be taken by April 1st of the year after you turned 72. Now, this is for people that turned 72 after January 1st of 2020, because that's when the new RMD ages went into effect. Before that, like I said, it was age 70 and a half. But if you will turn 72 after January 1st of 2020, then you must take your first required minimum distribution by April 1st of the year after you turn 72. Now, subsequent RMDs, those must be taken by December 31st of each year moving forward. So hypothetically, if it's your first time taking an RMD, you could push your first RMD. If you, let's say you turned 72 this year in 2021. Well, you could push your first RMD until April 1st of 2022. So let's say you take it March 1st of 2022. Well, that satisfies the 2021 required minimum distribution, but you still will have to take your 2022 required minimum distribution, and you cannot push that one until April 1st of the following year. That one would have to be done by December 31st of 2022. So there is potential where you could have to double dip those required distributions that first year of taking them. Now, here's the important thing to note about this. You may say, oh, okay, well, there are some dates or general guidelines. The strictest penalties or one of the strictest penalties that the IRS imposes is on missed required minimum distributions. So if you don't take your required minimum distribution, there's a 50% penalty of the amount that's not taken. So if you have to take out $20,000 and you don't do it, there's a there's a 50% penalty assessed against that $20,000. That's a very, very expensive penalty. Now, maybe you take 10,000 of that, so you take half of the RMD. Well, the remaining half that you did not take, that is exposed to the 50% penalty. So not taking your RMD is a pretty serious penalty when you look at what, what you're gonna have to pay to the IRS if you don't take it. 
So understanding what needs to be taken and understanding when it needs to be taken is very important to ensure that you can avoid that. Now, once you know how much needs to be taken, the next question is how much has to be taken? Is this, is this a specific dollar amount? Is this a percentage? Well, it's all kind of based on life expectancies. I mean, the IRS has a table and based upon that table, it's going to say, what's your life expectancy when you turn 72 or 75 or 80 or whatever it is. And they're going to look at that life expectancy and calculate your RMD saying you need to take the, this balance. You need to withdraw this balance over the course of this life expectancy. So for example, at age 72, your life expectancy, according to this table is 25.6 more years. So the IRS says is you divide your IRA balance or whatever the balance is of the accounts that are subject to your RMD, divide that by 25.6. And what you get is a withdrawal rate of 3.9%. So I just divided one by 25.6 to say, okay, the IRS is going to force you to take out about 3.9% of your pre-tax accounts that first year. So when you turn 72, the next year it goes up, the year after it goes up. And that makes sense. Our life expectancies go down as we get older. So every year, the percentage that we're going to be required to take out of our portfolio is going to go up a little bit. If you fast forward to say 80, just to use an example, the IRS tables say your life expectancy at that point is 18.7 years. Divide one by 18.7, your withdrawal rate that year is going to be about 5.3%. Fast forward all the way to 100, they say, okay, you have 63 years left. I don't know where they get these numbers from, but at age 100, just for example, you would divide your account balance by 6.3, which means at that point, you'd have to take out close to 16% of your account balance. So these specific numbers aren't as important as much as the principle, or just so that you understand how it works. You're going to be required to take out about 3.9% of your account balance that first year when you turn 72. Just keep that number in mind. Every year, it's going to go up a little bit. 3.9, then 4%, then 4.1, then 4.2, then 4.3, and it gradually increases. What the IRS is looking at is they're going to say that number, that withdrawal percentage has to be multiplied by your balance as of last year's end. So let's say that you are trying to calculate your required minimum distribution for 2021. And let's say you have a million dollars in your portfolio, and this is the first year that you're going to have to take out your, your RMD. Well, we know that you're going to have to take out about 3.9% of your account balance, but it's not your account balance today. It's your account balance as of December 31st of last year. So just to use round numbers, let's also assume that your account balance as of December 31st of 2020 was a million dollars. You'd multiply that 3.9% by the million dollars to get $39,000, $39,000. That is your required minimum distribution for this year. Now, if next year, if by the end of 2021, if December 31st of 2021, your account balance is still a million dollars, next year, your RMD would actually go up even though your account balance has stayed the same. And it's because your life expectancy has gone down a little bit. And what, and what that means is your required distribution as a percentage is going to go up a little bit. So the following year, it might be a little bit over 40,000, might be 41,000 or so, for example, that you'd be required to take out of your account. So that's how the IRS is going to calculate it. They're going to say, take a look at your account balance as of December 31st of the last year and multiply that by the withdrawal rate you get when you look at the life expectancy tables. So that just tells you how much you have to take. The way you take it is completely up to you. 
some people that look at this and say, okay, if I need to take out 20 grand or 40 grand or 50 grand, whatever it is, they'll take that as a lump sum. And the good news is you should be able to withhold taxes on this because everything you do take out of your IRA is fully taxable. So ideally, you'll want to withhold taxes on this so that you don't take out a huge amount and then owe a huge amount of taxes unexpectedly later on. But they might take a lump sum and they might have 20% withheld for federal taxes and 5% withheld for state taxes. Of course, I'm just making those numbers up. But if you had to take out $10,000 for a required minimum distribution, you could have 20% or 2,000 withheld for federal taxes, 5% for state taxes, which would leave you with a net distribution of $7,500. So you could just take that. Now, other people, they might prefer to take it monthly. Let's go back to that example of maybe you have a million dollars in your portfolio when it comes time to take your required minimum distribution. Well, your RMD is gonna be right around $39,000. Let's just round it to 40. So you're gonna be forced to take out about $40,000 from your portfolio. Well, let's assume that you went through some financial projections and you did your financial plan and you said, okay, I have social security coming in. Maybe my spouse has social security coming in, but we have an annual shortfall about $40,000. We want another $40,000 to be able to live on so we can do everything we want to do on a monthly basis. Well, great. In this case, that worked out perfectly. The amount that you're going to take from your required distribution lined up perfectly with how much you want to take from your portfolio to be able to maintain your lifestyle. So in that case, maybe you simply divide 40,000 by 12 and you set it up so that once a month you get a distribution from your IRA and it's kind of like a paycheck. That's going to supplement your social security benefits in between the two of those or three of those, you know, your benefit, maybe your spouse's benefit and your IRA distribution. Maybe that's as much as you need to fully cover your living expenses, in which case, great. You can take it out monthly. You can take it out really over any schedule that you want. There's no, the IRS doesn't care how you take it out, whether it's all at once or monthly or quarterly or whatever it is. They, they don't care as long as you take out at least the required distribution amount. You can't take out less without getting penalized. You can take out more though, if you wanted to. You may be hearing this and saying, well, geez, what if I don't need that required distribution? Or maybe I just don't need all of it. You know, I'm, I'm retiring and I'll have social security, I'll have pension, I'll have some other income sources. I don't need to take out that $40,000 from your I, my IRA. In fact, I'd rather not. I'd rather just let that money keep being invested. Well, you can't just leave the money in your IRA. You do have to take it out. It's not an option just to leave it there without paying penalties, without not paying penalties. But you can always take it out, pay the taxes, and then reinvest that in another account. So I have quite a few clients that will do this. They'll have the required distribution. They'll withhold the amount they need to have paid in taxes because that full amount is taxable. But then they'll simply put that money in their other investment account, not their IRA, not their retirement accounts, but just a standard investment account where it can keep growing. It can be reinvesting, keep growing for them because they don't really need it. So you do have flexibility in terms of how you take that money or even whether you take that money or if you just reinvest it. But what does matter is that money does have to come out of your retirement account because when it comes out of your retirement account, that's what triggers the taxable event. And so that does need to happen regardless of which option you choose. Now, just a few details on this, just kind of some catch all before we wrap up today's episode. This is going to be taxed at ordinary income rates. So your required minimum distribution, the amounts coming out, they're not taxed any differently than other IRA distributions are. So they're going to stack on top of whatever income sources you already have coming in. So if, for example, you've got a pension coming in and Social Security and combined, those have fully filled up the 12% federal tax bracket. 
you know, the, the, the dollar amounts on those fills up the 10% bracket, fills up the 12% bracket, and then stops there. Well, if that was the case, then as these required minimum distributions come out of your IRA, those will be in the 22% federal tax bracket. Now, this will, of course, depend upon what other income sources you have and what tax brackets you're in. But the taxation on this is just like the taxation on any income. There's no payroll taxes. So you're not, you're not paying Social Security or Medicare taxes on anything that comes out of your IRAs or your just what you're taking from your RMD. But you do pay federal taxes. You will pay state taxes, depending, of course, whether you live in a state that has state income taxes. Now, some people look at this and they say, oh, well, you know, James, you, you kind of talk about Roths a lot and Roth conversions. Could I simply convert my RMD? You know, if I have $40,000 that I have to take and maybe I just don't need it, could I convert that to my Roth IRA? Unfortunately, no. Whatever your required minimum distribution is, you have to take that as a distribution. It can't go into your Roth. Now, if you want to convert pieces above and beyond that, you are fully free to do that, but the IRS won't allow you to take that RMD and convert it instead of taking it as a distribution. So that's a question I get a lot. Unfortunately, the answer is no. Now, if you're looking at this and saying, wow, I just don't want to have to pay taxes on that. I already have enough income or I, I just don't want to take that much out of my, my IRA to pay taxes. There is something called a qualified charitable distribution where if you're already doing giving or, or you have amounts that you're giving and you're doing it from your just normal cash flow, you may want to consider doing that from your IRA instead. And here's why. With a qualified charitable distribution or a QCD, you can give money from your IRA directly to your charity or your church or your nonprofit of choice. The benefit of that is if you give money directly from your IRA, it just never shows up as a taxable distribution on your tax return. So instead of, say, for example, taking 10000 from your IRA, paying taxes on it, and then turning around and giving it to a charity, what well, you gave money to the charity, and maybe you got a little bit of a deduction for that, depending on if you itemized or not, but in many cases, you're still paying taxes. Now, if you gift that money directly from your IRA instead, you don't pay any taxes, the charity doesn't pay any taxes, and you can give up to $100,000 per year from your IRA in the form of a QCD or a qualified charitable distribution. So that is one option. Other than that though, once required minimum distributions start, there's not a lot that you can do to avoid them. With the exception of the qualified charitable distribution, you're really gonna be forced to take a lot of that out, which is why on many other episodes, we talk about tax planning, Roth IRAs, Roth conversions in years before required distributions start, because once they start, there's not a lot of places that you can hide. So just wanted to take some time today to see how do we navigate required distributions? How do they work? Where do they come from? What are my options? Those are the details. I hope that was helpful. If you do have any questions about this or anything else, as always, go to the Ready for Retirement webpage at readyforretirement.co to submit your question or ask any clarifying questions on this. But that is it for today. Thank you as always for listening and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. 
Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.